G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. The Story Here I received that big box, brightly coloured. I couldn't wait to open it and of course everyone dug in, everyone opened it and it was amazing. There were things, I remember there were things that I didn't even know how to use. One of them were bracelet lollies, you know the necklace and bracelet lollies? And I looked at it and it's like you smell, yeah they smell nice, they look like a bracelet but then they get sticky when they get wet. So what's the deal with that? (laughs) G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Well, every year, churches across Australia and the world participate in a project known as Operation Christmas Child. It's run by Samaritan's Purse and it basically involves people in churches filling up shoeboxes with gifts for Christmas that are then handed out to children in developing nations. And one child that received a shoebox was Luda in Ukraine, who is now living here in Australia. She's going to share her story today and how she was greatly blessed to be on the receiving end of such a wonderful present. She's chatting with Eric Scadabo. Luda, welcome to the program. Thank you. Glad to have you with us. And we want to know your story. How did you come to receive one of these boxes? But I guess we should back up and find out what was your childhood like? From what I don't remember, so I was born in Soviet Union five years before it collapsed. And from what I remember before this 1991, it was quite comfortable living. Um, We had all the necessities. But when Soviet Union collapsed, what happened is um, there was Soviet Union consisted of 15 republics and all went to individual republics to management within the republics. But the big thing that impacted the economical state of all families was that in Soviet Union, there was a centralized bank which ceased to exist. And people who had savings and money in banks, they just sort of disappeared. Those money disappeared overnight. And people wow. went from being comfortably living to being poor. And um, after the collapse of Soviet Union, there was a change for Ukraine to um, their own currency, their own government. And this process took years. And during, mm-hmm. during those years, I remember my mom, who was a teacher, used to receive um, salary on a paper. Not in the money, on the paper. So she would not get paid for seven, eight months in a row. And before collapse, if we had money in the bank and we could use it, now there was nothing. So we went from living comfortable to struggling to put the food on the table. And um, I remember when I was a bit older, um, because we didn't have money for necessities, and a lot of people didn't, we had the shops where we could exchange things. For example, you would come with, my mom would come with um, clothes that we grew out of, which is still Mm -hmm. in good condition. She'll come to the shop, they would put the price on it, and with the price written on the paper, she'll go around the shop and choose new clothes or other clothes, which is not new, secondhand, for the amount that was written on that piece of paper. So it was exchanged with no money. And same came to food. You could, um, if we had bees and we had honey, we would exchange it for dairy products or for meat products. So that's how people survived. And of course, many people, uh, many families grew their produce, which also helped 
to survive. How old were you when the Soviet Union collapsed? I was five. Oh, wow. So suddenly your whole childhood changed radically. Yes, yes, definitely. And it was, I remember the struggle. I remember um, not being able to have, as a child, the toy I wanted to have or to have a brand new clothes. I don't remember probably until I was about 15. I don't remember like going in buying a brand new toy or a brand new piece of clothes or if mom would buy something it would was um oversized so that mm-hmm. we could wear, wear it for three four years and i say we because i have twin sister and a brother so for mom it was quite hard with us growing constantly growing to close us and dress us you know so we would we had to be happy with having food on the table no one questioned what you were eating mm-hmm. as long as you were eating something as long as you were not hungry. So if you were, you know, most kids are a little fussy and they don't like peas or whatever. I mean, that was my thing. Uh, You you didn't have that luxury. You just had to eat it. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. You either eat it or you don't. There is no choice. Wow. Yeah. And if you had to eat potato five days a week, that's what you were eating. And you were grateful that you have food on the table because there were many people sitting on the corners and asking for food, for a piece of bread going around, knocking on the door. I remember um, we had a boy come and knock on our door and I was at home with my sister and my cousin and we just had porridge. So that's what we gave him. We put, gave him mm-hmm. a bowl of porridge. It's just so hard to relate to that. But I mean, you had the other side and then you had to go to that. Yes, yes. But I guess when you child, you don't mm-hmm. really put much thought into it. So... Now, growing up, you attended church at that time? Uh, yes, my grandparents took me to church from when I was four years old. My um, grandparents took me to church. Uh, in Soviet Union, there was no God. There was no church. So when Soviet Union collapsed, it definitely opened more doors to people. Mm-hmm. So people could um, believe without being afraid or without yep. being persecuted. So in that sense, um, definitely people could practice their faith openly without fear. Oh, yeah, yeah, but yeah, right. In, in times of struggle, I think wherever you go, there are people who turn to God in times of struggle, mm-hmm. and there yep. are people who turn away from God in times of struggle. Mm-hmm. But I guess my grandparents, they always stayed faithful. I remember my grandma, she was always faithful no matter what and she had a very hard life and Mm -hmm. yeah she always stayed faithful and she taught their family and encouraged the family to stay faithful no matter what okay and then one day while you were at church you learned about a special gift that would be coming your way Yes. Um, it was uh, during the church service. Usually after the um, first sermon, we would go to Sunday school, but we were held back. Um, kids and were invited to come and sit at the front. And um, youth from church came out holding these beautiful, bright colored boxes in their hands. Oh, you didn't know anything about this at no, the time? No, no. I don't remember hearing about the ad, or maybe as a child oh, okay. I didn't pay attention to it. <laughs> but families de- definitely knew because we did have quite a lot of children present in church. Mm-hmm. So um, advertisement definitely went out um, because the turnout of people and children and teens was quite big. 
bigger than normal. Bigger than normal, yeah. Yeah, oh, okay. it's like it's like you see that if there are many people in church, you think, oh, it's probably Easter or Christmas, that kind of turnout. Yeah, yeah. So they came out with the boxes and, yeah, they started handing them out depending on the age, um, yeah, to children. And I received one and my brother and sister received one as well. And what was the impact on you personally? Well, at first I didn't know what to do with that box. And then we were told <laughs> that, um, you know, that's a gift for you because before that I wouldn't receive gift big like that and for most Christmas as a Christmas present under the Christmas tree we would receive um, simple stuff to the point even of receiving homemade cookies because or chocolate like um, few lollies because the family could not afford to buy presents definitely not lots of um, bride boxes under the Christmas tree I don't remember that growing up we never had that and here I received that big box um, brightly coloured I couldn't wait to open it and of course everyone dug in, everyone opened it and it was amazing. There were things, I remember there were things that I didn't even know how to use. There were things Yeah, tell us about that. What'd you get? um, The toys, like um, there were some toys, um, mini board games that I've never heard of. They really packed a lot in that little shoebox. Yeah, there were lollies as well. Back then there were lollies as well, which I've never Uh seen and one of them were bracelet lollies, you know, the necklace and bracelet. Lollies. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I looked at it, and it's like they smell nice. They look like a bracelet, but then they get sticky when they get wet. So what's the deal with that? <laughs> <laughs> and then we got explained that it's lollies. It's just it's just a fun thing to have it on your ne- around your neck or on your wrist and just eat it one by one. So it was, yeah, it was something amazing. Another thing I remember was Aquafresh, which was a toothpaste, but it was a tricolor mm-hmm, yeah. one. And that's the one yeah. that I only saw on the TV as an advertisement. We never could afford to buy something like that. So, oh, oh I was fancy definitely toothpaste. yeah. I've spent um, probably um, probably half of it was eaten <laughs> <laughs> because it was delicious. It was minty. It was colorful. Um, yeah, yeah. So it was something that it was very nice to receive. There was another thing. There was a T-shirt there as well, which was brand new as well. And it was my size, and it's something that I could wear only me, not the hand me down yeah. from someone. So it was very. It w- there were things that I was excited to receive, things that I've either never heard of, never seen, or I've seen but never dreamed of having. So I it guess was, they never would have imagined that Aquafresh toothpaste would be eaten when mm, they packed that in there. Mm. <laughs> Well, I wouldn't eat it now, definitely. But <laughs> no, yeah, no, it you've kind of gotten over that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was something that you would try. It, you know, it's like a wonder, a wonder in the box, and you'll explore it with your senses. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I understand there's one very special gift that you still have to this day. Yes, I do, and I actually have it today in my um, bag. Um, yes, um, as a part of that box, I received a bracelet. Uh, it was a set, a jewelry set, a bracelet and earrings with the purple stones, and it was it was beautiful. It was a piece of jewelry, the real jewelry that I got, my first piece of real jewelry both earrings and bracelet, which before we used to do um, our own bracelets with the bead on the string. So it was mm-hmm. something amazing to receive. I was so proud wearing it. I was so happy wearing it. I felt very special wearing oh, that. Wow. And That's I 
could not understand, could not comprehend how someone because it, for me it was it looked expensive. Mm-hmm. So I was wondering how people can put something like that for the person they don't know, they've never met and they probably will mm-hmm. never meet. So it was mind-blowing how the person can be so giving, so happy to give something to a child or a person they would never meet possibly. You're listening to the story. Today, Luda from Ukraine is sharing what it's like to receive a shoebox filled with presents for Christmas. The box was given as part of Samaritan Purse's yearly project known as Operation Christmas Child, which basically involves people in churches filling up shoeboxes with gifts for Christmas that are then handed out to children in developing nations all over the world. We'll find out more about Luda's story and how she came to live here in Australia when we return. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401 132 888. Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax and this is The Story. We're continuing with Luda from Ukraine, sharing what it was like to receive a shoebox filled with gifts for Christmas as part of Samaritan's Purse yearly project known as Operation Christmas Child. Luda says she was not only blessed by what was inside the box, but that she also went on to correspond with the people who gave her that box. We were in touch for a year or two. I don't remember how the um, correspondence ceased, um, but I remember that it was elderly couple because they've attached mm-hmm. the picture. There was a picture in the envelope in that box. So we did send oh, okay. a few letters back and forth with that couple. Oh, that's beautiful. It taught me to give, to give mm-hmm. and have a um, giving heart no matter where it goes and who it goes mm-hmm. to. If you have an ability to give, then do mm-hmm. it because there yeah. are people out there who are struggling, who go without, who can only dream of things that we consider just nothing or normal yeah. for us in our circumstances and that that gift can change their life. And in future, that person can turn from receiver into a giver. Which is your story, basically. Yes, yes. Well, we want to find out, how did you come to Australia to become a giver? Um, I came to Australia after I graduated university in search of adventure. I always liked English language. I always um, had inclination to learning English language. And Mm -hmm. Australia was a country that we didn't know much about it. But it was like a dream country. You know, so I mm-hmm. came in search of adventure and I made my life in here and um, I love this country. I feel very blessed in here because it is a very blessed country and has a lot to offer and I call it my home now. Okay, so you were 13 years old when you received the box mm-hmm. and then in your early 20s or so when you... 22. I was 22 when I came to Australia. Yes. And then you decided to stay? 
Yes, I decided to stay and I found the local church um, mm-hmm. here in Australia, which I was attending. And one day, one couple from the church who are um, engaged with a Parisian Christmas child, they um, brought the shoeboxes to encourage church members to pack shoeboxes. Mm-hmm. And when I saw it, I was like, I was amazed. I was like, that's the shoebox that I received. That's the initiative uh-huh. that yeah. w- I was blessed by many years ago. And yeah. that's, I still have a, that jewelry set that I received through this Operation Christmas Child, through, through this initiative, through this ministry. Um, so, yeah, I got very excited. I got quite a few boxes from them. And um, one day, and I packed, and when I brought the boxes back, they asked me, also, why do you pack? Well, I guess they would were asking many people the same question. So they asked me, mm-hmm. why do you pack the shoebox? And I told them that I, once I received, so I feel like I do need to give. I do need to share and I do want to bring joy to the child that I received once when I was a child. And I understand that this is something that you now do with your daughter. Yes, I do have a um, five, nearly six-year-old child who she's been to Ukraine twice and she knows the difference in life here and life in Ukraine because even that many years later, it's still hard. Economically, people still struggle and there are still mm-hmm. families, a lot of families who struggle to put food on the table and there are many families who go without and she knows that, she could see that and she can compare that. So I teach her that she can have impact, that she can share because she has. She lives comfortably. Mm -hmm. She can share with others. She can bring joy to others. So, yeah, it's a joy for me to pack the shoeboxes and give it back. Um, Mm -hmm. But it also a learning moment for my daughter to learn to give to people in need. Wow, so the gift keeps on growing and giving more. Yes, definitely. And once she's older, she has her own income, I guess we'll be uh, packing more boxes. She'll be probably packing the amount I'm packing. So, yeah, it will keep giving. And I hope that she will in future raise her family with the same understanding that you need to share with people in need. Now, it is wonderful that you received this special gift. And like you mentioned, you still have the bracelet to this day. But there's more to it. There's also an evangelistic aspect to it. Can you tell us about that? Yes. When shoeboxes arrived to the church, they did spread the word out um, because many families did come. And in third world countries, you do usually, that's a good um, point of invitation, inviting people to church because church usually serves to help, to support. And a lot of people in uh, third world countries and struggling families, they would come to events where they can be blessed with something. And um, yeah, when church advertised it, they did invited kids to get a Christmas gift. And there were many families who came to church mm-hmm. on that day. And I know quite a few families who stayed in the church through that gift, oh, through fantastic. that blessing, yes. And now they, some of those kids are my age and they married within the church and they have families and they raising their families. And yeah, so definitely it is an evangelical point. It is one of the opportunities to invite people in the community to come to church and to serve people and show them the love and generosity that 
Christian people, other people have towards them. It's kind of a gift with no strings attached, um, mm-hmm. with the hope that families will stay in church and will come and get encouraged. And definitely, families did get encouraged to stay and come and listen. Wow, that's fantastic. I mean, it's planting a seed in hopes that it will continue to grow and have spiritual fruit. Yes, and I'm sure if that what happened in my church, that what happening across the world in churches across all over the world where children are receiving those gifts. Because when they do come, it's not just come, we'll give you a gift, here's the gift, um, you can be on your way. It's inviting to church, listening to the sermon, listening to the songs, still serving their spiritual needs before their um, other basic needs. Okay, well, Luda, I have my own shoebox story. Uh, mm-hmm. Briefly, my wife and I and our children were missionaries in South America, in Quito, Ecuador. And every year they would put on something called Christmas in the Dump or at the Dump. And basically this was to minister to the poor families that lived near the dump. And basically their living was scavenging through the dump for uh, recyclable materials and that type of thing. So they would put down a fresh layer of dirt over, over the rubbish and then they would have a little festival. A little games game, and my children participated in setting up that. And then after the games, they would have a meal, and then I had the awesome privilege, my wife and I, of handing out hundreds and hundreds of boxes and looking at their faces and the big smiles as they received it. It was one of the most special experiences I ever had in my life. I can only imagine. I do wish that one day I get a privilege to do the same. And see the faces of those children because... Um, yeah, because you know. Yeah, yeah, I know. I couldn't see my face at that moment, but I'm sure that he told the story about my excitement and how happy I am and how amazed I am. And I'm sure you would be able to say that because you've seen it on those mm-hmm. faces. That Children, that's the thing with children, they, they express them, they don't hide emotions. And I would love oh, yeah, to see yeah. the joy and happiness on the faces of those children. And I will say that one of the advantages of having this little festival party in the dump was that we didn't have to clean up afterwards. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist that one. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, it, but in any event, uh, it sounds like it was a very, very special experience for you. And now it's come full circle. You're giving as well. Yeah. And I encourage other people to do it because it doesn't cost much to pack that shoebox. Mm-hmm. Yep. The toothpaste costs $2. The toothbrush, even less. Um, the T-shirt we can buy for 2 $3 as well these days. So the whole box can be filled for under $20. And what is $20? For most of us, it's an hourly mm-hmm. wage. For people in the third world countries, $20 can be their monthly wage. So in comparison, the things that we can bless people with, they might never buy it. They can only dream about these things. So it doesn't cost much to pack that shoebox. It doesn't cost much to bring that joy. We spent more on um, fast food for one dinner than Mm -hmm. what we might put in that shoebox. That's why I do encourage people, get on board, pack one shoebox. You can't pack two, do one. And with that, Mm -hmm. you can teach your children to share And yeah, you just can bless someone and bring a lot of joy and happiness and maybe possibly bring that family to know Christ, to contribute, pay $20. That would be the price for their life in eternity. With that $20, you can 
bring them to church and show them the way in life to save them. And I guess that's the main point of shoeboxes. As much as it is a present to give joy, but I guess it's more evangelical point for people to bring people mm-hmm. to church to show them there is more out there than just the shoebox. That's right. It's planting seeds and look at the fruit it has bore in your life. Yes. Yes. And my story is just one story. There are many mm-hmm. people yeah. around the world who um, share the similar stories or even more inspiring stories, the greater stories, and, and impact of that little shoebox had yeah, but, on I, but I don't know if they ate their toothpaste, though. Uh, well, you'd be surprised. <laughs> I read the story once that there was a boy who licked um, the, um, the floss. Oh, the, oh, the yeah. dental floss. Yeah, yeah, dental floss. Because it was always oh, flavored. Yes, yeah. So he and he thought that, and he, I think he, that boy also he either from Russia or Ukraine, but he lives in the United States. So yeah, he was um, eating that and or licking it and wondering um, how strange Americans were if they had to eat <laughs> that kind of sweet stuff. So yeah, there are many things you'd be surprised at what children can eat. Who knows the impact? <laughs> you know, uh, it, strange as it might be, who knows the impact that it might have on their lives. Yes, exactly, exactly. But um, in the in the end, this shoebox is a blessing. It's not just a gift; mm-hmm. it's a blessing that might Amen. keep on giving. That's right, Luda. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us today. Thank you for having me. That was Eric Scadabo chatting with Luda, who was originally from Ukraine and is now living here in Australia. As we heard, she's now a volunteer for Operation Christmas Child. And to be honest with you, each year I've seen shoeboxes being collected at our church, and my family has filled up a few shoeboxes ourselves. But I never really knew what it was like to be on the receiving end of one of those gifts. So it was great to hear Luda's story, and it became so much more real and personal for me. Now, if you'd like to participate and would like more information about Samaritan's Purse, their website is samaritanspurse.org.au. That's samaritanspurse.org.au. While there, just click on Operation Christmas Child, and that will tell you everything you need to know to bless a child with a shoebox filled with gifts this Christmas. Well, thanks for joining us for Luda's uplifting story. I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. Next time on The Story. I was at this bus stop when I was about 13, and this driver drove up next to the bus stop and he said, hey Blue, you wanna, where are you going? I said, oh, I'm going to my mate's place to play footy. And he said, oh, I'll take you there. And so I got in his car, naively as a child, and he's going along this lonely road where there were no houses. I just called on the name of Jesus. And you know, I reckon there was an angel in that car that day with me. Retired missionary and pastor Fred Evans grew up as a missionary kid in India and then as a pastor's kid here in Australia, before eventually serving as a missionary in PNG. He'll reflect on his overseas adventures and challenges in his life next time. The Story. Just another way vision is connecting faith to life.